So with that said, let's jump into God's word. In Joshua chapter three, we're in this series called All In. And, and, and I'm telling you, I was praying last night. I come here every Saturday night. I got stirred up. I just believed that, that God was stirring something in the atmosphere. And it wasn't something that was just going to happen uh, for say, or just something that was going to happen. That God wants to flow out of this experience in your heart and your life. And, and not just here in this room. He wants you to take it with you. He wants you to remember what he puts on you. Some of you came down to the altar and, and saw God, you know, just put something on you. He wants to put something on you that when you go to work tomorrow, that it makes sense. When life doesn't make sense, the one thing that can make sense is Jesus. When life comes at us in a hard way and we don't have a lot of answers for what we're walking through, we, the greatest answer we can have is, I don't really know what God's doing, but you know something? He's still God. He can do whatever he wants. And he's going to take care of my situation. So in Joshua chapter 3, um, we're going to read several parts of this. We'll start in verse 2. It'll be on the screen for you. Um, after three days, everyone say three days. The officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance, about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Don't go near it. So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Everyone say consecrate. Well, that's a big word. We talked a little bit about that last week. We're going to talk about that some more today. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua today, I'm going to exalt you in the eyes of Israel that they also may know that I am with you. Look at this. He wants, wants Joshua to know that I am with you. As um, in today, I want to, uh, I'm with you as I was with Moses. Verse eight, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go stand in the river. I wouldn't say go stand in the river. Well, that don't sound, that, that sounds, okay, let's go. Go stand in the river. Uh, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here, listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how that, that the living God is going to be among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all the ites, Canaanites, Hittites, every ite that there is, all the enemies. There's a bunch of ites there. But, but, but he said this, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, Set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off, and it'll stand up in heat. And we know the story that they went and they stood, and, and as they, when they stood in the water, boom, the water just started disappearing amongst their feet, and they walked out into the middle of this river. Now, this river is at flood stage. When a river is at flood stage, that is a ripping, roaring current, like undertow in every possible way type of river. And God tells them to consecrate yourselves. And then when you consecrate yourselves, he says, go stand in the river. Well, that doesn't sound like, 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 like normal. It doesn't sound like, okay, this is a great plan. You're going to consecrate and then you're going to go stand. The first thing we've got to realize if we're going to go all in is that we have to be a people that consecrate ourselves. See, when I'm consecrated to God, God can do amazing things among my life. So when I go all in, I consecrate my life today so that God can do the miraculous tomorrow. What I consecrate myself for today is a setup for tomorrow. 
The word consecrate, we talked about this last week, means to be devoted. It means to, to prepare, to dedicate. It, it's, it's when you consecrate the, the disciples in the book of Acts. They were devoted to the Lord and they were devoted to his word. They were devoted to community. And when they were devoted to those things, what happened was the miraculous happened. 3,000 people got saved. Signs and wonders happened all around them. It happened in the streets. It happened everywhere. Why? Because they were consecrated. So the word consecrate also means to sanctify, to set apart as sacred. I use it this way, to, to go all in, to make holy. So when I go all in, I'm setting my life up for the miraculous. So the first step to going all in is, is, is a simple step. But it's not so simple. Because it's a step that hurts at times. It's the steps of repentance. So repentance is what consecration looks like. Repentance is saying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, search me. Holy Spirit, do something in me. What, what did he say? He said, consecrate your, your life because God's going to do amazing things among us. When we look back and act in um, Joshua chapter 1, when God speaks to him, he speaks to his fear. He says, don't be afraid. Be courageous. I'm going to do this thing, and you're going to walk across into the land. You're going to go across that river, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go into the promised land. What's on the other side? The promise. The other side of your consecration is the promise. The other side of your repentance is the promise. Some of us are, are living in the middle because we're not willing to repent. We're not willing to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, look in me. Lord, do something in me. See, his grace is sufficient, but we still need to respond to grace. And the way that we respond is, Lord, I need you to forgive me because repentance is when I turn my heart towards you. See, the closer we get to Jesus, the more we, we see God start moving in our hearts and our lives, the more we start seeing the sin that is so prevalent in our lives. The areas that we need to adjust, the areas that we need God to show up in, the places that we feel like are standing in the middle. This morning, and I, I, I was repenting in the first service. I was telling you, Lord, Lord, I repent. I was, I, and, and here's what I was repenting of because I felt like, like this was something that was captivating, something that was hitting my life. And, and, and it was like watching the news. The news sometimes is so stinking negative. I'm, I'm telling you, there's not, I love the fact that there's something so big happening in Asbury, Kentucky, in a, in a, in a Methodist school that news media stations are starting to report on it and say, there is a marathon service that's going on. They've been going on for 10 days and they have not stopped. And that ought to be a place as a church that we celebrate and thank God for showing up. But know this, he didn't show up. He was always there. It's a group of students that got together. And if you look at what happened is they, a student gets up and he repents. He says, Lord, search me. So, so let's do this. Look in, look in uh, Psalm chapter 139. David said this. This is what, what repentance looks like. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way or wicked way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. See, if we say we want to go all in, but we're not willing for the Holy Spirit to search us, then we're missing the, pl the places where, where God can forgive us, the things that are keeping us on the wrong side of the river because we're not ready to go on the other side. Understand this. Joshua said in three days, we're going to go across. You tell me it takes three days to repent? 
in Joshua's world, it took three days to get ready to go on the other side. Oh, they must have been repenting a whole lot. Oh, they must have been con- they must have been getting their provisions and everything. But in this moment, we've got to realize that there's got to be a moment in our life where we come to God and say, okay, God, here's my life. Here's the areas that need adjusting. How many knows our, our lives need adjusting at times? Come on now. The greatest adjustment that can ever happen is when the Holy Spirit steps in and says, I'm going to convict you of sin. Conviction is something that we lean into. It's not something we run from. It's not, you're a dirty person. You're a bad person. You're a this type of person. No, it's a, it's way of saying, God, you've got more for me. So you're going to reveal to me my attitude. You'll reveal to me my perspective. You'll reveal to me the areas that need to change my life. So our, my question is simple. If we want to go all in, and if all in on the other side is the promise, then are we open for repentance? as a church, as an individual, maybe, maybe prayer, the simple prayer, close your eyes. Maybe pray the simple prayer. This is what a sound of, uh, this is a prayer of repentance that I wrote. Lord, I repent of being too busy. I repent of going through the motions. I repent of coming to church with my agenda. I repent of being critical, cynical, and judgmental. I repent of loving myself more than my neighbor. I repent of not pursuing you, not praying, not worshiping, not reading your word, not living in community. Lord, I want to go all in. So Holy Spirit, search my soul. Now pause for a moment. Just close your eyes and pause for a moment. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Come on, whatever he brings to your mind that you need to repent of, just ask him, Lord. I repent of my attitude. Jesus. Oh, God. How many want to go all in? So when we read that scripture, understand this. The Bible says that God is holy. And when we pursue him, we've got to realize that in the pursuit of him, we find that there's areas in our life that are not so holy. We find that there's areas in our life that need adjusting, that need changing. The, the greatest thing is when the grace hits our life and we go, Lord, forgive me. I don't want this thing standing in the way of what you want to do in me or through me. So the first step to going all in is saying, Lord, forgive me. May this be an activity that's regular in your life. That this week when, when the Holy Spirit like, like nudges you and says, hey, you probably shouldn't have responded that way. You need to repent. Hey, you shouldn't have like looked at that. You need to repent. Hey, you shouldn't have like, 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 like had that sort of perspective on that. Maybe you should repent. See, there's moments that we realize it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and showing you what's standing in the way of you going all in. Because you may be stuck on one side and God wants you to know that repentance is the way to get to where God wants you to be. How many want to be where God wants you to be? Listen to pastor, embrace repentance, embrace what it needs to repent and say, Lord, forgive me so that you can empower my life. So look at Joshua. Joshua says to the priest, he says, tell the priest who carry the Ark of the covenant. When you reach the edge of the waters, go stand in the river. Everyone say that. 
go stand in the river. Hallelujah. So, so when I go all in, I stand in places that only God can move. That second step is just to stand where God says stand. Sometimes we look at that and say, you're telling me to stand, pastor? I'm telling you, wherever you are, here's what's prophetic for somebody in this room. You're doing everything you possibly can right where you are to try to change where you are to try to get to the next place and do everything you can to, to shape where you are right now where you are. But maybe God's saying to you today, just simply stand. Just simply stand where you are and believe who he is. So, so they tell them, they say, now take the presence of the Lord, take the Ark of the Covenant, take the Ark out into the river and stand in the river. And this would have been one of those rivers that they would have had warning signs up at this time of year and said, hey, don't go in the water. It's not safe. If you're at the beach, it's the red flag day. We're like, don't go in the water. Stay out of the water. There's rip currents. There's rip tides. There's everything. It is way more rough than you can handle. I mean, you know, life gets rough like that in ways that, that I can't handle it, that, that I can't swim across it, that I can't wade across it, that I can't see the bottom in it. But it's in that moment that I realize that when I stand in it, I don't stand alone. I stand with the Lord. Because that's the moment I've got to realize that my perspective isn't on me. It's not on what I'm standing in, but it's on Jesus who saved my soul. How many want that kind of perspective? <laughs> the instruction was simple. Go stand in the river. So Joshua tells him, he says, consecrate yourself and go stand. Look what, look what, what stand, the word stand means. The word stand in the Hebrew means to maintain. This is where I like, like I lost my mind when I was studying this and I was like, oh my goodness. This is what we as a church need to embrace in every possible way. It says to maintain, to remain, to abide, to endure, and to persist. For some of us, we're doing everything we possibly can to get out of the river, and God may want you in the river. Because when you stand in the river and you remain, remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15? He said, if you remain in me, if you remain in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But look at this. He said this. This is where I got excited. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So when it comes to the river, when it comes to the issue, when it comes to the struggle and those things, the moment that I have this perspective, I can't do this, but I can stand in it. Let that sink in. I can't handle this. I can't swim across this. I can't wade through this, but I can stand in it. And when I remain, his word says he remains in me. And when I stand in him, guess what? Apart from me, I can't do it, but I know the one who can. And he can move anything. And when I stand in it, that's the moment that he starts moving. You may be here today and you might say, Pastor, I just need God to move in my situation. Then stop doing what you're doing and start standing in it and watch him do what he can only do. See, our perspective becomes like self-defeating at times when we focus on it and we think, well, there must be something wrong with me because of where I am. There must, something must be wrong with my issue or my situation because it doesn't, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not feeling this thing. It's not, it's not working right now. But maybe God wants you to know that in the middle of it, that's when he starts moving in your life. In the middle of it, that's when he starts doing what he starts doing. In the middle of it, that's when he starts showing us who he really is. What did Joshua say? Joshua said this to the, to the people. Come, listen to the words of the Lord in verse 9. This is how the living God 
is going to, God is among you, and that will certainly drive out before you the enemy. Well, this is beyond extraordinary. This is bold. He says, hey, okay, everyone listen. Here's what's going to happen. The promise is on the other side of the river. I know it's at flood stage, but we're crossing here. This is what it says in, in, in chapter one. We're crossing here. God said to be bold and be strong. He knew he was going to face a bunch of people that, that had been wandering around for 40 years in the desert. And this was the moment that they were going to go across. Moses died up on the mountain. Joshua's the man. He said, be strong and courageous. He says it over and over and over. Speaks to his fear and says, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. If we would just get that down. God's with me. I can stand in this thing. God is with me. Because he's the one who's going to get the glory. What does he say? He said, this is how you're going to know that the living God is with you and that he is going to lead you to the other side. We're going to go across. Ooh, go stand in the river. Make no mistake, who was going to be the one that was going to change the whole situation? He inserts this phrase. The Lord of all the earth. He says, the Lord of all the earth, when, when you get to the river, the Lord himself, the Lord of all the earth is going to make that thing stop when you stand in it. Sometimes we're trying to get things to stop on our own. When there's the Lord of all the earth, he's calling on the God that created everything. He's telling them that he's the God that has the power over the winds, the waves, and the rivers. And he said, if our destiny's over there, that river's just standing in between me and my destiny. So the promise is over there. So I'm going to lean in and step in and see God. How many are going to lean in, step in, and see God? So you guys in the worship team, you can come back. I know they're back there somewhere. But um, see, last thing I want you to see is this. When you go all in, you need to consecrate yourself. That's your first step. Your second step is to stand. Just stand. Just remain. Don't let life move you. Don't let issues move you. Don't let the circumstance keep you from his presence. But, but realize this. It says that they carried the presence of the Lord into. They took the Ark of the Covenant and they carried it into the river. Understand this, that, that, that when I go all in, it's what I carry is what carries me to the other side. That third step of going all in is just simply carry the presence of the Lord. You're not meant to carry everything, but when you carry the presence of the Lord, he can carry you to places you've never dreamed of going. He can take you to spaces that only he can provide. He can put you in places that only he can get you there. You may feel stuck. You may feel in a place right now, I'm stuck. I'm in the middle. But God wants you to know that when you are standing in him and you are carrying him, it is his presence that will carry you to the other side. They walked out into the middle of this river and literally a million people walked by them to the other side. It, only, it not only put confidence in the people, it put fear into the minds of the enemy. See, the haters in your life, the people that want to instill fear in your life, when they see the hand of the Lord move you from where you are to where you're meant to be, boy, that's good for you. Come on now. But, but I'm telling you, people will go, what, what, what's different? How did you get there? How did, how did that happen? It'll bring attention to what? If you look at, if you read on in the story, you'll realize it brings attention to who God is. It doesn't bring attention to what we've done. Understand this, what, what took place in the service and what takes place in this thing, it literally doesn't have a whole lot to do with the pastor. And it doesn't have a whole lot to do with these guys who, who've been here since 6.45 this morning, like, like rehearsing. Can you give it up for our worship team? I killed them today. 
And many of them are going to gather tonight in a house for young adults gathering and God's presence is just going to hit that place because he's here and he's on their lives. Listen to pastor. The reason why God is moving in our land today is because, yes, people want something real. Yes, people are hungry for something real. But when they gather together and they pursue him, when they realize that what they're standing in, maybe standing in the middle of the river, is, it's a strong river, it's like you can't swim across, you can't get to where you're supposed to be. But when you realize, wait a minute, I'm carrying the presence of God. The presence of Jehovah God is in your life. Jesus came to live in you. What did he say? If you abide in me and I in you. What he's saying is I'm not leaving you. Pastor Jenny said, you are not alone. Come on now, I, I used to say this and, and she repeated it. God is closer than the shirt on your back. So when you walk through your, your day, realize as close as that shirt is, guess what? God is closer. He lives inside of you. He is the creator of the universe so he can move anything. So close your eyes for a moment. Jesus, thank you for the miraculous. Thank you for the encouragement. Lord, there's somebody in this room that just just needs to make a new decision to follow you. And there's somebody in this room, Jesus, that, that feels like they're on the other side, God, and they know that there's a promise. They know that there's something for them, Jesus, but they feel like they're in the middle and they're stuck. God, I pray. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us all to consecrate ourselves. God, you would teach us how to just stand in your presence, God and stand in the midst of, of, of a river, God. Stand in the midst of, of something that's trying to undertow us, God. Stand in the midst of something that flows against it, God. Realize when we stand there, Jesus, we carry you. And you carry us to places that man can't keep us, but you can provide for us. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast today. If you would like to support this ministry, you can visit our website, www.oceanwaychurch.com give.